This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB. This is Our Lifestyle podcast. We're getting ready to jump into the fresh episode. And we want to thank our title sponsors, which includes Custom Car Show Productions. They have three key events every year. Orange Beach Invasion every March in Orange Beach, Alabama. Scraping the Coast every June in Biloxi. And Bayou Showdown, which is every November in Slidell, Louisiana. We also want to thank Mini Truck Showdown family, which includes their event, their flagship event, the first weekend in June 2022 in Las Vegas, Mini Truck Showdown. You can go on Facebook or Instagram for more information. They also have Kern County Showdown, which is going to be in Bakersfield, California, the first weekend in February 2022. Thank you so much. Support those that support the scene and on to the episode. Yo, 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 it's our Lifestyle Podcast episode, I think, 274 coming at you here from Florida, cold Florida, but it's going to warm up soon, and we got so much jam-packed episode this week for 274, thanks for coming back and rocking with us, let me see, do we got Mickey Mike, the mayor, is he in the house, or is he out gallivanting? Bro, I'm done gallivanting what? for the day, and I am in the Murray Mansion as we speak. Dude, in it to win it. Mike, I just want to let everyone know, some of you are on your way to Kern County Showdown in Bakersfield, California. Dude, have a great weekend out there. I know that's continuing to build steam. And for those that are scoring at home, basically you got about four months until Mini Truck Showdown, which is going down in Vegas. You can find more information, Mini Truck Showdown on Instagram and Facebook. And then, Mike, we can't forget, I know you were just talking to Lauren. They're so excited about Orange Beach Invasion. I know that the showgoers out there, they do have a choice, right? There's a West Coast show. There's another show in the South. You know, we've talked about in the past, but I'll tell you what, Orange Beach Invasion, they've been with us a long time. Robbie, Lauren, and team are killing it. And I know Shannon, Mrs. Mayor, gets so excited about OBI, dude. Uh, Bro, (laughs) that is Shannon and my daughter Ashley's favorite show. Top ropes, dude. I'm telling you what, there's a lot to go down. And the number one thing, it's the V word, Mike. Let's be uh, honest. It's e- the ve- it's the they, venue. Venue. Oh, I thought you said D word. And I was like, oh, I can only imagine what this means. Dude, if Hank's flying in, you know that whole kind of area is going to be like, dude, going crazy, right? Supposedly. But uh, this episode 274, Mike, it's a good one. I just want, I don't want to say a lot, but Jeremy Bumpus from Carfix, right? The Motor Trend television show that many of us love i've been i've watched the show for a very long time jeremy joins us thanks so much to jeremy there's another tie-in that we'll talk about that's going to go down the same day it just kind of happened it worked out that way so jeremy bumpus if you've came here to to listen thank you so much consider following subscribing it's totally free our lifestyle podcast episode 274 now, Mike, I also am going to try to link up with Matt Weathers. Okay, Matt gallivanted down from the Pacific Northwest. You know Matt. And he gallivants everywhere. He's trying to go for your record apparently this year. And he went to the Grand National Roadster Show, dude. Damn. Well, from what I hear, he took a few uh, a few pictures as well. 
And uh, I'm sure you'll be sharing some of those. Dude, he went down the Van Eyes, I believe it was, and he was cruising. I think he ended up jumping in like a gang gang member's low rider, and the guy was like trying to hit the switches and knock him out. Dude, wherever Matt Weathers goes, he has a good time, dude, straight up and down. Oh, always, bro, always. And like you said, he's always on the go. If he's not working, he's at a show, for sure. Yeah, tip of the cap, Matt Weathers, of course, on Instagram. If you type in his name, you're going to see it's Pig Rig 67 He's a hardcore car enthusiast, but, you know, was one of our truck homies, and uh, he always goes hard in the paint. Now, Mike, this episode overview is brought to you by Graphics Mafia. Ryan and Buddy are talking about going out to Lone Star Throwdown, and we love what they do. They can print stickers. They can take an old sticker like they did for me, Colorado Custom, an old, uh, real old, 20-plus years. Josh Ellis had uh, obtained a couple of these, and we sent them up to them. They scanned it. They reprinted them. G-R-A-P-H-I-X-Mafia.com. If you need stickers for your business, maybe some stuff for the front of your business or just some stuff to give it out, to give out. Hit them up, Graphics Mafia. My great people, right? Oh, hell yeah, brother. And uh, don't forget, hey, buddy, he will uh, take care of all your sticker needs. Yep, top ropes and everyone. Now, Mike, the last episode recap, man. Now, listen, last week we kind of hinted we're going to wait to this week. Basically, we had a two-parter, right? We had to leave a little bit of a cliffhanger. We had so much good feedback. What was cool is we started the the second part of it about you know maybe two, three minutes before to kind of keep it flowing. And Ronnie and Chaz, Negative Camber, longtime members, you know, just super solid truck enthusiasts, great dudes overall. They're obviously connected through their wives from a family perspective, but hard-pressed to find, you know, two better dudes out there that are like family guys, but they love trucks, and they both equally have done some cool stuff. You know, Chaz had a great run, but all I can say, Mike, without having to recap all of it, if you haven't listened, go back to 272, 273, really, really solid episodes, and I'm proud to be able to finally sit down with them. You know, sometimes it does take a little bit, Mike, but, you know, what happens, we make the shit happen, doggy. Hey, that's what we do, brother. That's what we do. And I was super thankful. Um, I think I'd sent it to you the other day. Uh, Dawn had reached out and said, hey, I'm super thankful. I know Ronnie's son had reached out, and he said, hey, he loved the podcast, and, you know, he's always heard, you know, the dad, his dad talk about all the stuff and seen all the photos over the years. He was born in 98. So he was young when all that stuff happened, but he said he had a great time listening and really appreciate the good word because I I joked with him when I responded back that it does make me feel old because oftentimes we've had a lot of the children of our guests reach out, but I told him what's most important is that we can make some of those connections and we can also, you know, help further the scene by making sure some of these epic stories of, you know, not just the stories of the show, but the stories of the individuals, how they contributed and how many are still contributing to the scene, man. That's what it's all about. Oh, absolutely, man. And uh, I think the fact that when, um, you know, a kid, uh, you know, reaches out to you and, uh, you know, that that's huge, man. That means that means a lot. And uh, that just to me is just keeps keeps ensuring what a great job that you are doing as a host. And you just keep getting better and better and better. As we go along here, here we're at 274. Who would ever thought that would have ever have happened? Yeah, and I know you and I talked recently. We're thinking 300. We pull the plug. You know what I mean? And not to be, you know, not to overshadow anything. I mean, that's only what 25 away. So we got to kind of see, Mike. You know, we really do appreciate the good word. 
The only thing I'm worried about is in the future, not if, but when, when Hank's, you know, maybe oldest starts reaching out saying, hey, my dad's Hank, you know, I appreciate all the stories. Like, I'd hate for them to hear some of the stuff and go back and listen, but it's all out there, Mike. I mean, it, it is, you know. Uh, bro, it is definitely out there, and there's no, uh, I mean, turning back. <laughs> we said it, man. There's definitely no turning back for sure. Yeah, I just wouldn't want someone to listen to some of this and, you know, try to go state's evidence because, you know, Hank's navigating those those treacherous waters everywhere he goes, man. Every state, dude. He's got, you know, he's got stuff going on. But, you know, Hammered Hank from Hammered Weekend where we know that, you know, he'll weather the storm like he always does, you know. You remember that movie in the 90s? Wasn't it Mark Wahlberg and it was called, like, Perfect Storm? Hank's the only one that could stand on the front of that boat like a Titanic deal and weather that kind of storm. He's been through it before. Oh, dude, and uh, he'll do it again and again and again and again. So, uh, yeah, he, he keeps he keeps he keeps fighting, fighting and fighting. And uh, no matter what storm, no matter how bad, Hank always comes out on top. Victorious, exactly. Victorious, isn't that a isn't that a Biggie song? Victorious. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, notorious. Oh, notorious. My bad. My bad. Dude, but you got to well, remix maybe- it. Uh, well, that's what I was about to say. Maybe Hank can remix it, and, uh, you know, it can be, you know, victorious. Dude, I love that, man. I think Hank's on board. He gets Diddy back in the studio, drops a jewel on him. Next thing you know, triple platinum. Dude, that's the way life goes with Hank. You know it, brother. So the last episode recap brought to you by our family over at Lone Star Throwdown. I did recently talk to Radar. He said he's been enjoying the podcast, so thanks so much to the OG. But I tell you what, Radar, Lonnie... These guys uh, combined make a great team. Of course, they've got some folks behind them as well, and they always tip their cap to them. Uh, Join us in less than a month. We're officially in February, and the last weekend this month, Mike, get over to Conroe, Texas. It's an amazing event. There's plenty of places to rent all throughout. I know Extenso's probably going to have their open house. There's a uh, some tend to forget. I looked it up last year. I didn't make it over, but you can drive over to Dallas if you really want to get some In-N-Out Burger. I know Big Juice, he's been known to do that. We're just looking forward to Lone Star Throwdown. You can visit LoneStarThrowdown.com for more information. Of course, follow them on social media. Turn on post notifications via Instagram. Stay up to date with the biggest, baddest, potentially around truck show anywhere, LST. Right, Mike? Bro, and don't forget, same group of guys and girls that put on LST, Lone Star Throwdown, don't they do something else too that uh, that you know you might want to check out? Do Garage Gear clothing, and the cool thing is not only do they have the clothing side of it, Mike, but they have TikTok on lock. They're doing the YouTube videos, Instagram. You know, Lonnie gets out there, he goes to the shows, he hits the pavement hard. He's got plenty of cool rides to take out. Love that expo. He's always hustling. And love what they do at Garage Gear. But Crystal, let's be honest, she's really pulling the puppet strings. And she's the one that kind of figured out that equation to figure out how to do the free shipping. You know, because that was not easy to work out. Uh, dude, hands down, Crystal's got it down on lock. And uh, make sure you guys check out GarageGearClothing.com. But also, for all you ladies out there, Garage Girl as well. Yeah, they got it all on there. Check it out. GarageGearClothing, as Mike said, .com. So, Mike, we're going to get spun out here to the uh, general updates. I was going to say the garage updates. I mean, that's maybe what it could be. But general updates, 
you know, not to get too crazy, you know, we I, I did uh, obviously skirt around the whole football stuff. You know, it is – I don't get disappointed when my team oh, – okay, let me rephrase that. I do get a little disappointed if the team loses, but I quickly rebound. You know, back in the 90s, you know, I saw some games where, you know, Jerry Rice fumbled. We all know that. It was a year that they had did away with instant replay. And, you know, there there have been some some, you know, very tough losses over the years, right? The, the Eagles beating the Packers like the 4th and 27 that time. I mean, that shit just shouldn't happen. But, you know, my dad used to say, rest in peace to Pops. He used to always say that's why they play the game. So, obviously, I can kind of rebound from a loss pretty quick because I'm like, look, man, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I'm not out there playing. I mean, if I was, I mean, they would have lost by a lot more. Let's be honest, right? I mean, I can't be the armchair quarterback and, and you know, calling the plays. I, I don't know. You know, I can't do that. But – the general updates, the key thing here is, Mike, even though this that little bit of frustration sets in, you know, I had to wake up at your show with the frustration, and then it quickly poofed away because I had all these badass trucks, you know, NC, ST, Aftermath, RA, all these different clubs there, so that was cool. But if you fast forward and you kind of go, okay, a couple weeks go by, you know, some teams that we thought would be in it aren't. Now you're at the Super Bowl with the Bungles, a.k.a. the Bengals, and, of course, you got the Rams, which just a year ago today when we're recording February 1st, Matt Stafford was signed. And I was never a fan of his because he was Detroit. But I say all that, Mike, because, listen, it is kind of refreshing to have some different teams in there. And it's the second year in a row that one of the teams – it's a long story, not the home team because they're technically not the home team for the Super Bowl. That's a long story. But the Rams are playing – in the Super Bowl, and that's their stadium. So that is kind of cool. Uh, that is pretty freaking cool. But this would be the first time ever that uh, the the home team, like you said, is not the home team. But anyways, if the Rams do win, that would be two years in a row that uh, that the that they would win as you know as the Buccaneers won last year in Tampa. Uh, because the Super Bowl is being played in Los Angeles at SoFi uh, SoFi Stadium, I believe is what yep. it's called. Yep. Yeah, and the the ironic thing is, you know, I know a lot of like weird nuance, like uh, rules and little things about the NFL because I've been watching it for so long. But I read the other day and it clicked, and I was like, man, I if you would have asked me that two weeks ago, you know, stump the Swami with stump the ODBZ, uh, something I learned this week, and I hate to admit it, is that. I didn't realize that every year the NFL just basically alternates the home quote home team. So like last year, you know, it might have been, you know, it was the NFC, I think. And then this year, technically the Rams aren't the home team in the Super Bowl, even though it's their stadium. I mean, let's be honest, they are the home team, but officially on paper they're not. The Bengals are technically the home team. So I don't really know what other than I guess the kickoff. Because uh, the, the the home team maybe can defer or whatever. I, you know, some of those little kind of behind-the-scene type things. But I did think that was ironic that they're technically in – they're playing in L.A., but they're not the home team. So, anyways. Yeah, because apparently when they were describing it the other day is they can't necessarily call any team the home team because there is no home field advantage. But we both know uh, there's obviously a home field advantage for the, the Rams. The Rams. I know. You know who doesn't have a home field advantage. I, you know, I don't feel bad for any of the Cowboy fans out there. We never talked about it when that loss. Like they had that one play where you know Jerry Jones had the old stadium where it had the hole in it, 
you know, so the heavens could look down on their team. Come on, really? Then, I mean, we know they're not Cowboys fans, right? But then, two, even though the roof was closed, if I remember correctly, in that game recently, <laughs> dude, the sun was in the guy's eyes, so he jumps, and they show the, you know, behind the receiver, he jumps to catch it, and it's like two feet the other way because he couldn't see because even though when the, the roof is closed, they've got that section where all the light comes in. And uh, Boomer from CBS, of course, he commented and said, come on, really? Why would you build the stadium east and west like that and have the sun coming in? Like, I don't know. But it just goes to show you, Jerry Jones, I mean, dude, that's a whole other podcast, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but yep. in all seriousness, anything else you know, generally that you got going on? I know you've been getting spun out with the mail and you're probably already looking forward to uh, like spring break, right? Because I mean, I know you and you and Mrs. Mayor, you guys don't stay home very much. You're constantly on the go, bro. This is going to be two weekends in a row that we're actually at home. So, uh, bro, it's uh, it's definitely uh, definitely nice to actually uh, be home for you know finishing catching up on some uh, series on Netflix that uh, that we haven't um, that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, so that's a good thing. And, uh, just chilling and just relaxing, you know, so it's in talking about relaxing. Did we tell you, did we tell the airhead nation that relaxing in the park opened up their pre-registration? So if you're listening to this, stop what you're doing, go pre-register for relaxing in the park. Yeah. And you know, Mike says it wrong. He says relaxing, you know, he's got it. I'm trying to help him get a street cred down. So, you know, relax in and then another in. So it's relaxing with an IN and then another IN and then the park.com, Mike. So relaxing the park is about 107 days away. But to your point, right, we heard you loud and clear that the pre-registration is open, which I think is fantastic. Relaxing in the park.com is where you can go. And Mike, we, we've talked a little bit about this. I talked to Mays. I am taking that Friday off. I'm going to maybe fly up late Thursday early Friday. I got to book the flight. I still have not done that, but I know I can get a good flight and we're looking forward to going up to relaxing in the park in May. But see, here was the plan. I said it wrong on purpose oh, just yeah. so you would correct me just so we'd get more airtime right. for relax in the park. Exactly. Dude, relaxing good people RA, of course, running this show. And I love what Tony at Asphalt Army does. You know, he partners with them so well as one of the members there. He's got the Tahoe. We saw him down at your show, too, EBGD, Eastbound Get Down. But what was cool is when Tony gallivanted down, you know, I told him, I said, hey, tip of the cap. You know, I love the work that he does. And obviously, we've had him on before, and he's talked about, you know, his brand and things like that. But it's very cool to see that DJ Mays, who, again, does the free show on Twitch, DJ Mays Radio, not only is he gallivanting around and doing 12, 15, 16 shows this year, DJing in an MC. Oh, by the way, he's also leading the crew up there in that uh, Midwest area for this awesome show. So I'm looking forward to it. Dude, if I can get me another one of those uh, sandwiches down there in that whole area where we went, dude, I mean, bro, that's where I'm, that's why I'm going back. I, I mean, look, the show's going to be cool, Mike, let's be honest. But the sam the sandwiches... Dude, those things are fire, bro. Bro, you are not lying there. But not only that, not only that, but at the same time, you know what? I don't know how I'm getting there yet, but I will see you there, brother, because yeah. I'll be coming up yeah, as well. Yeah, we're, we're super excited for it. So, 
Uh, general updates again, Super Bowl 56 coming up. And, of course, relaxing in the park, St. Louis. We're looking forward to it. Uh, please go out there. If you can pre-register, come on up. The cool thing is we're not going to be vending at the show. We're just going to be there to enjoy the city, STL, St. Louis. I went up in the arch before. You've got, of course, uh, the baseball stadium. you got so much to do. you got Anheuser-Busch there. We did the tour, me and Mays, and, and just a lot to do. So that's the general updates that we have for this week. And believe it or not, it's brought to you by our family at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, also known as Mini Nats. And Mike, biggest, baddest mini truck show in the world. We recently said it. I love this show. Jason Bell and team do a great job. And Mike, although sometimes you hear feedback after a show, you kind of go, man, you know, this is, this is, you know, it went so well, but you, you always have people that have ideas like, hey, we could do this, we could do that. Tip of the cap to Jay Bell because. Although Jay, I think, wanted to keep it a certain size, they went back to the drawing board and they said, well, hey, can we add in a few more, right? And they did. And I'm sure there's still some people that maybe didn't get in on it, but I want to give credit where credit's due. With Mini Nats, they did go back, they added some, and we're looking forward to that weekend up in Maggie Valley. And it's simple. Go on Instagram, type in Mini Nats, and you'll see uh, the account will pop up under mini trucking Nats, and it's the 28th annual, April 22nd, the 24th. We're super stoked, Mike. Well, not only are we super stoked, but at the same time, we are going to be there, and we're going to have all our OLP merchandise on hand. And guys, don't forget our Saturday night um, uh, party that we do, us, Hammered Weekend Wear, Asphalt Army, OLP, we team up. Uh, Sean Rose, DJ Mays. DJ Mays. Yep. Bro, we all come together and we put on one hell of a party and we feed you guys. All you guys got to do is just come support one of those three or all three of those companies and you're going to get one of your tickets to come to that party. We're going to be doing that again. More information will be coming out um, about that. So uh, just stay tuned. Boot Scoot Bookie, right? I mean, I know you're talking about dance floors and lighting and all kinds of stuff. I know Hanks, dude, he, he apparently helped invent. Like, if you think Forrest Gump, you know, all the stuff he did in the movie, Hank was at the forefront of breakdancing. Let's be honest, right? So, you know, Hank's talking if we get a stage, maybe some cardboard boxes, you know, we can do some. We'll have to see how all that comes together, Mike. I mean, listen, we only got a couple hours, right? But you never know, Mike. Hey, bro, I'm down to do the Texas two-step if that, you know, put it, you know, if that's what it takes. Um, so, you know, let's uh, let's see what happens. But Texas two-step, the book scoop boogie, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, hey, I'm down. Dude, I love it, man. So next we got trivia with Mike and dude, okay. Oh, sh- okay, players. Now it's time to get serious. The moment has arrived. Now you got me all fucked. Nervous and shit, man. Oh, man. It's time to get serious, dude. You know what I mean? You you know, and my coworker told me, press your luck is back. I think it's on CBS, dude. We got to get you out of here, bro. You've been preparing. Bro. Bro. Now, this is is how bad. hmm. I hope that I have You got me nervous, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know. Sweaty palms like Eminem on, you know, you only get one shot. Do not let the chance (laughs) to blow this opportunity. You know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, blow. Whoa, slow down, brother. Slow well, down. I'm just thinking of, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show. It's going to be off the hook. Uh, you know, I talked about it recently. I mean, Dre's out there, dude. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be epic. But so check this out. 
this American action adventure television program was produced by ABC and it came out you know what I think I've asked this one before it came out you know November 4th 81 to like around May 2nd 86 it starred Lee Majors Douglas Barr Heather Thomas as Hollywood stunt performers who you know moonlight as bounty hunters wait 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 I've asked this one before right bro are you being serious I mean come on Jay I expect so much more of you and for you to sit here and ask me the same question twice now, I'm really disappointed in you. Okay. So, so look, so, you know, I was, I was trying to hook you up and really I was trying to lead you down because we, we, you know, the Airhead Nation, they had hit me up and they go, Hey, ask Mike one of the questions you've already asked him. Cause we want to see if he's really kind of lying and cheating and, you know, the big, the big piece of, you know, garbage, you know, that, that everybody says Mike is, you know, and I, and I defend you. I go, dude, Mike's a good dude. You know what I mean? And you always well, told me, like, when I go, if I accidentally call you the wrong name, you go, hey, I've been called worse, you know? Yeah, no, and I, I definitely appreciate you, you know, telling people what a great guy I am and all. And I know you've been lying for a long time, and I definitely appreciate that. But at the same time, bro, the fall guy, come on, dog. Okay, I okay, so, so see, I so remember. we got, you know, a little honesty there. Okay, so we'll give you that. We'll give you half a tick. So this one happened on January. So, you know, we're kind of in that football mode. Uh, mindset. This one happened on January 28, It was a, a a superstar singer. Okay, this person's hair caught on fire. Okay, and it could have led to some of the crazy shit in this guy's life. And I know that although Pepsi's sponsoring the halftime show with Dre and all these guys for this, you know, back in the day, you know, Pepsi uh, they were filming. I think a, a commercial. I think is what it was. And this superstar's hair caught on fire. Okay, and I don't think it was officially like some of the the leaked images that kind of maybe came out in 2009. You know, it basically showed that this guy's up there and he's performing and he doesn't even realize his hair is on fire. Totally unaware that his hair is on fire. Okay, Pepsi's involved. They're filming a commercial. It's at the Shrine Auditorium in L.A. January 27, 1984. Okay. You know, that's a little bit of pop culture history. That's all I can give you because if I give you any more, it's it's really going to spin things out, Mike. All right. So is this the reason why this guy went blind? Because his hair caught on fire while he was performing? It could. Dude, I think, I think he was. I think he was. Okay, because he, he was famous for playing the piano? Yep. Yep. I think so. I think – I don't want to give you any more. Okay, well, wait a minute. Was it um, – all right, so give me a couple guesses here because I think this guy – he had a daughter that was on reality TV, and and uh, uh, was it Lionel Richie? Biggie B. Richie like Lionel? No, that it's not Lionel Richie. We'll give you two more uh, guesses. You know, all right, but remember, remember, remember when Biggie said dancing Biggie B. Richie like Lionel? I think isn't he like the one that was dancing across the ceiling or something like that? I can't confirm or deny. You know, you'd ha- you'd have to put your final answer in before I give you the whammy. You know. All right, all right, all right. So, does this guy have um, uh, does this guy have brothers and sisters? Oh, I can't confirm that, man. I mean, he could. I mean, he could. He could. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was well, a weird. It was. I think this guy led a weird life. You know, that's all I can say. And not on like Hank's level. Like Hank's a different level. Oh, so it's not Hank level. Oh shit. Well, see, I thought it was somebody. Thought it was. Actually, wait a minute. Does this guy have the same first name as me? He he could, but I can't I can't confirm or deny, you know. 
Oh, man. All right. Well, my final answer is, bro, I can't even believe you asked me this question. Guys, damn it. It's fucking Michael Jackson for crying out loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, that was in, even though I'm not a huge Kanye West fan, you know, like he had that one song, I think, through the wire when he goes like, um, I'm burning up like Pepsi did Michael or something. I was like, really, man? You're going to throw your boy out there like that? But, dude, you got it. The video exists out there, and you almost kind of feel bad for him. Because, you know, he's out there dancing, and he has no clue. Dude, his hair is straight on fire, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like your truck. Your truck is gaining so much steam with all the mods and the chrome and the gold, you know, the gold tips for the for the exhaust, man, you know, all that stuff. Dude, your truck shows up, and, like, the fire guys show up to put you out. And you go, man, listen, man, I'm just balling out with the Mazda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's no cookies and cream, um, but you know, banana pudding isn't doing so bad, you know. Dude, I like it. But so there you go. That that was, believe it or not, January twenty eighth, eighty four. So it kind of is around that time, and you know, Pepsi. Hopefully, let's let's be honest. I don't want to see anybody burned for this Super Bowl halftime show. I know it's not a commercial, but. I did recently talk about they did that three and a half minute promo video. F. Gary Gray directed it. And it was pretty cool to see the Impala Dragon in there, even even if it was CJI. Man, I still think it was cool, Mike. So you got two tick marks this week. Trivia with Mike brought to you by All Time Low Magazine, ATLmagazine.com. And, Mike, here's the cool thing. I do want to talk soon about the new issue. I think we're going to be talking a lot more on next episode about the new All Time Low Magazine issue. It does feature Chad Luke's truck on the cover. And... I'm super excited to announce, as they have through social media, that the pre-sale is now open for issue 29, atlmagazine.com. Believe me, it might be difficult times, Mike, but I can tell you this. It's on the rise, brother. Dude, that thing is straight, absolute fire. So make sure you guys go out and support all-time low magazine and you you get that new magazine because you definitely are not going to want to miss uh i had somebody tell me that michelle boone is the one that shot that truck and there's about eight hours worth of of pictures in there and you don't want to miss it apparently it came out pretty badass yeah i think it's going to be cool of course the description at atlmagazine.com says we slipped we staggered but we're coming back with swagger, okay? There's no question that last year was full of difficult times from COVID, losing friends, difficult, uh, difficulties of builds, shoots, and more. The good news is, though, that we made it, and this is one packed full of content, and there's a kind of a further description there that kind of goes on to talk about uh, Chad's uh, Tacoma, and then, of course, the OG feature, Darren Gilbert with the Escort, and so much more, atlmagazine.com. So, Mike, from a scene update perspective, dude, you know, I've been kind of taking up the lion's share of this. I mean, I've seen some stuff out there. I know I'm most excited about, I did mention last week, hey, a lot of you guys are going to be going to Blood Drag, have fun. But what we're most excited about is, you know, Lone Star Throwdown. The following weekend, I know we're not talking about shows yet, right, because the key show updates are coming, but then we're going to be at relaxing, right? So those are kind of where my mindset has been. You're going to hear on this episode from Jeremy that we're trying to work out to get the Maverick to Lone Star Throwdown, okay? So he's confirming on his end if he can kind of get around the production schedule that they have to get it out there. 
But, I mean, is there anything else that you've seen out there that you wanted to maybe cover? Well, you said relaxing on the ranch, and uh, you don't want to miss that because you're going to have DJ ODB. And then, of course, the mayor is going to be doing a, a cornhole tournament like we've done the last two years. Uh, so, guys, come on out and uh, definitely come out and support uh, the relaxed Florida guys and uh, come out and have a damn good time. Yeah, I love hearing it. I want to give a tip of the cap to Eric that came down to your show from the Carolinas. He had the badass golf cart. He was parked under the pavilion. So, thanks, Mike, for kind of working all that out. I know Kyle, I think I forgot to mention, you know, Kyle came down. We had such a good time from Maryland. He's a great supporter. He was parked over in that region underneath the big uh, area there at Destination Daytona. But Eric came out, and he had hinted that Golf Carting Magazine was going to have the feature. And sure enough, today, news broke that it did get the cover. want to give a tip of the cap to Brandon Burrell. I know he shot it. I talked to Brandon this week on the phone. He said, what's up, everyone? He's out there hustling, doing some amazing detail jobs. But Brandon shot it. Brandon's name also comes up when... Uh, Jeremy talks about Brandon. He mentions him a couple times about shooting the Maverick. Of course, he's talking about Brandon Burrell, Burrell Images. And it's pretty cool, Mike, that it shows, you know, Brandon's been doing this 2025 plus, but he's able to shoot like a Daryl Poe to outlaw for a, you know, for a badass feature. He's able to shoot a golf cart that's going to get the cover. So, you know, tip of the cap to Brandon. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, shout out to Brandon for uh, going out and trying to find Strawberry Shortcake. Uh, you know, my favorite girl um, uh, there in uh, Pigeon Forge, and apparently uh, he couldn't find her. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, sorry, you really missed out for not being able to find her. But, hey, it's all good. And uh, But, guys, definitely want to give a shout-out to our homies, Dizzy Don Davis and, um, and Glenn Brown, uh, because, you know, they do a podcast. I don't know if you guys are listening or not, but you guys should go out and check out um, the custom scene podcast. Okay. Uh, Glenn and Dizzy, uh, you know, every week put out the podcast and, uh, actually Glenn's, uh, recovered, uh, now. So there'll be another one coming here soon. Uh, just listen to it today and, uh, but definitely go out and check that one out. And of course you can't forget our favorite hillbillies, um, lowest common denominator. Uh, uh, go check that one out as well. And of course our boy ODB is always putting out our lifestyle, the podcast every Friday. But if you're listening to this, you already know about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, great times. And I love that, you know, we're continuing to see like Matra Colts back, you know, doing the thing. And there's a lot of good, there's, there's a lot of content out there. Every which way you look, we certainly appreciate everybody kind of continuing to come back here. Now I do want to announce to Mike in the scene updates, because this ties into what you just said. We have a new um, partner, it's Don Dizzy Davis, and it's underscore on Instagram, Dizzy. So if you just type in Dizzy, D-I-Z-Z-Y, it's probably going to come up. He's got his personal, but he also has Dizzy Designs, just how it sounds. And Mike, here's the key thing, right? In this world that we live in, many of us are looking at our phones, our tablets, our computers often. It's important to have that online presence. As you know, you and John just had Eastbound Get Down. Don Dizzy Davis, he has a pretty cool career. And what he's been able to do is expand upon that and offer some services for different folks, whether you want to have one of those cool Facebook like filter things that has all of your show information on it, or just some general promotional type stuff. He does a lot of online kind of in, um, content, right? 
So he's able to kind of help do some different things. I know the DeCorvers that are going to link up with him for their show, Sparks in the Park. And uh, Don Dizzy Davis is is doing some cool stuff. So, you know, he has helped us, as many of you know, a lot of those special edition stickers, which, by the way, we got a new one coming, Mike. Vic and I have linked up huh. on this one. You know, the Mike stickers, you know, the high school photos and some of those, those all come from the mind of, you know, we give him some ideas, but Dizzy puts it together. So thanks, Dizzy. But oftentimes, he'll traffic that content over to Graphics Mafia. They print it, and then biggity boom, we've got some stuff right in hand. So big ups to Dizzy, Dizzy Designs. And I can't wait to, you know, continue to, you know, help him get, you know, crazy. But he does some pretty cool stuff, doesn't he, Mike? Bro, I tell you what, and uh, somebody captured it on the back of my uh, on my license plate. I was told a certain ODB is the one that put it on my license plate. I don't know that for sure, um, but it has been there, and it will stay there, uh, and I won't remove it unless somebody else does. Uh, but, yeah, he does some awesome – awesome comes up with some really cool designs, and once again, we appreciate uh, – we appreciate Graphic Mafia for, for coming through and, and always uh, making those for us. Yeah, and of course, Dizzy's on the team for the Sparks show. Not to be confused with Sparks in the Park, which is a Florida show, but the Sparks show, which won our 2021 uh, uh, show of the year, that's up in Sevierville every August. So, uh, you know, big ups to the team there. And it was great seeing them at your show, by the way. But, Mike, the scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. As we said earlier, garagegearclothing.com. They have free shipping. One of the only brands that I know of tied to the scene that can offer that. Of course, they'll be out at Lone Star Throwdown as well. Please go by, at least cop a shirt or a hat, and let them know that our lifestyle podcast sent you. You never know. Crystal might just hook you up, Mike. Uh, it's very possible. Very possible. So we're going to wind it down just with a couple things. The key show updates. We talked a lot about shows, Mike. Again, if we kind of keep that scope for the one month, we're pretty much, I know you and I, um, you, you mentioned there's a local show on 212 that's up at the OCC Roadhouse, I believe it is. So we're going to kind we're gonna go over to there. So that's going to be cool. And then, we're, of course, we've got LST. And then the weekend after LST, we'll be down uh, kind of Lake Wales area. We mentioned it earlier, relaxing on the ranch. That's a wonderful show. Now, outside of that, we're pretty much in our scope is we got OBI, which is the last weekend in March. Again, Robbie with Keg Media, they team up with Custom Car Show Productions, Lauren Miller, and uh, they do a fantastic job. So we're looking forward to that. And then I think from there, Mike, the the next big thing is relaxing in the park, St. Louis. We talked about we're going to fly up there for that one. And then it's going to get a little tough because a few weeks later, we're going to be over in Vegas with Corey and team for mini truck showdown so that's kind of the scope right there that gives you the hard hitters between now and kind of that first weekend in june uh yeah we definitely uh we got a full schedule and uh we look forward to seeing everybody uh so you know hey and don't forget guys um make sure you check us out at lst because we will be set up at lst and uh, come check out all the new metal uh art that we'll have there at lst um, and, of course, all the other um, OLP uh, merch that we'll have there as well. Yeah, we're trying to line up. We've got some stuff lined up for the booth, but we're lining up some epic stuff. So it's going to be pretty cool. I think, you know, as we get closer, we'll announce some of that. The key show updates brought to you by the West Coast Influence. Please go out. Some of you have it. Some of you don't. Many of you probably don't, but mini truckfilm.com. You can order the Blu-ray or DVD. Add this one to your collection. 
It's not available to download, so it's exclusively through minitruckfilm.com. Pick up the West Coast Influence. Okay, Mike, just to close it down, we're going to merge the podcast updates with the Airhead Nation updates. And um, what I just want to say, again, I got a chance to meet Joey at Get Decked last weekend. We picked up some skate decks. And um, we're going to be getting some more, and we're going to have those, as Mike just alluded, at Lone Star Throwdown. So we're super excited about that. Now, Mike, I did also see um, some things on Facebook that I wanted to mention uh, regarding the Airhead Nation update. So I'm going to pull these up. Do you have anything that you've noticed recently that you wanted to mention for the great fine folks out there in the Airhead Nation? Well, the first thing is is, um, OBI is a pre-registration show only. So make sure you guys are get you know get pre-registered um because as soon as it's full it's full and it's done so you don't want to miss out it's uh it's a badass show and uh so don't be left out make sure you get pre-registered and uh, get those in and get those in soon yeah i couldn't agree more it's been tough out there because a lot of folks continue to lose family and loved ones and obviously every day we're not getting any younger so to speak whether it's someone tied to the scene or maybe it's a loved one. Uh, I continue to see it. And what we would say, we've said this before, one of our good listeners mentioned this to us before, if you guys are ever, and I know people don't like to talk about this, but if you're ever in a, in a tough time and you're seeing you know, all these tough things go around, just know there's always help out there, right? Whether it's you know a suicide prevention hotline or it's calling a friend or texting someone going, hey, listen, I know you might be busy. I need to talk to you for a minute. So, Mike, I want to continue to kind of preach that, so to speak, as we go on, because I do believe it's so important. Mental health maybe isn't talked about enough, especially with the homies, but just, you know, try to, you know, try to make sure that you guys are, are, are doing, you know, what you can uh, to help out the friends and the homies out there that might need you. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, brother. Always reach out and, uh, you know, uh, you know, check on your buddies, check on your friends and uh, and see how everything's going. Yeah, and speaking of that, I don't recall if I covered this last week, but I did see it. Billy Weekly, you know, he started off last year very tough. This year, uh, he he did lose his mom, and I may have mentioned that last week. But you know, we send our condolences out there. And again, that's just one example. You know, there's a lot of things out there that uh, can really put some mental stress on you. Um, you know, dealing with someone that you lose, and and there's a lot of stuff that goes along with that. So you know, we wish Billy Weekly whenever our homies, our brothers, and, and so many, and all of you guys out there, let's be honest, uh, you know, the best in, in these difficult times. Absolutely. Cause he actually came out and, uh, and actually came out to the show and, uh, you know, still wanted to show support. And, uh, and obviously, you know, it, it ended up going down and he had to leave early. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, you know, definitely our thoughts and our prayers, uh, go out to Billy and uh, and his his the weekly family. Oh yeah, no doubt. We'll cover anything else that we might have on next week's episode. So I just want to kind of reinforce that message. So thanks for everyone for looking out for your friends and loved ones and your homies. And then Mike, I just want to kind of end and say, hey, dude, Hammered Weekend Wear. They continue to put out cool stuff. I, I always get excited because you know that it's every sixty days, and if you're in that T-shirt subscription or the hoodie or whatever you selected you automatically get those, right? And that open enrollment's really only about a month period. Some ask why it's not around all year, Mike. And of course, you got to put the tick marks for all the different shirt sizes and all that, and it gets a little complicated. But what I would ex- ask of you is, uh, Hank, 
and and Ron, right? Let's be honest. These guys continue to support the scene east to west, flying out to shows, dropping new merch. Go to H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. Go to products. Look at some of their stuff. Buy a hat. Buy a shirt. They've got banners. I love the Must Be Paradise Apache truck. I, I grew up riding in one of those. I also love Body Drop Everything with Chris, one of my severed brothers. Uh, everyone knows uh, Body Drop, but... You know, please get out there, support the real deal if you can, Mike. And, and all I can say is, I know uh, Ron really appreciates that. Oh, absolutely. And the whole, you know, don't forget about the, uh, you know, um, Adam Tripp and and uh, Corey Floyd. You know, the East Coast hammered weekend wear reps. Yeah, and you know they're trying to get the East Coast West. I mean, they're trying. I told him, I said, you can't brew that war again. You know, you know, and Hank, there's a rumor that he. You know, got you know thrown into Clinton Correctional Facilities in the '90s when Pac was in there, and you know he was feeding Pac lines for, you know, all eyes on me, and you know all that stuff. So I don't know how much is going on there, but I know like they're trying to kind of ignite the war again. And I said, guys, Adam, Dizzy, Crew, just you know Corey, lay it down a little bit. But listen, let's not ignite any wars. We don't need to lose any more you know dope rappers like Pac and stuff. You know, because let's be honest, Pac would have been. You know, he would have been at the halftime show. I really, truly feel that. And it was cool in that three-and-a-half-minute promo, Mike. You get to hear the California Love, which, for those that don't know, that was going to be a Dre track for his album he was working on. And when Pac got out, he says, yo, Shug goes, we need some fire for it. And he goes, boom, first single, you know. And, of course, I dropped the verse last week, Mike. You know, I don't have a good flow, and it takes a lot to be able to get that. So I appreciate everyone that kind of laughs along with us. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, brother. And, hey, as long as everybody's laughing with us and not at us, it's all good. Yeah, I'm sure they're not. They, they never laugh at us. I mean, they're, you know, they're cool with us, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in all seriousness, dude, have a good night, brother. We're going to roll in. If we get link up with Matt Weathers, cool. We're going to try. If not, we're going to roll into uh, Jeremy Bumpus. Mike, have a great weekend, dog. Hey, you do the same, brother. We out here. Peace. <laughs> Yo, yo, as I mentioned, we're super excited here with this episode uh, to have Jeremy, I believe I'm pronouncing it correct, Bumpus, right? Yeah, man, you got it. Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. We're excited. Uh, NC Tim, one of our good friends, linked us up, and we can't thank him enough. But uh, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. You know, had a little bit of COVID here recently, and that really sucked. But uh, now that I'm over that, man, everything is just banging. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're kind of on the upswing of things. And I tell you, we got some cool stuff to talk about. I always enjoy watching Motor Trend, and there's a lot of different cool shows. I know you've been kind of a part of a few things, but um, I wanted to kind of just start maybe a little bit of background. I've read some of the bios and the cool stuff out there, but for the listeners, you know, like who is Jeremy Bumpus? Well, you know, man, it's like we were we were talking about this the other day with, with somebody, and I started uh, – I think we had a kid come by the shop, and he started talking about things he was into, wanted, wanted to meet me, you know, watch us from the show uh, – watch us the show. And we're sitting there, and he's telling this stuff he's into, and I started thinking like, man, I was into that too, and I was into this. And anyway, after I started kind of going over all this stuff with him, I was like, you know, if I told my story, I don't know if anybody would believe a damn word that I'm saying because <laughs> it's, it felt to me like I had lived a lifetime of just doing all this craziness. So, you know, man, for me it was when I was growing up, 
uh, I would say probably, I don't know, man, maybe around 10. I remember specifically, as far as like the automotive stuff goes, I remember specifically we're, we're sitting in Memphis mm-hmm. and this dude comes three wheeling through a red light. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, dude, like, did you freaking see that thing? <laughs> and uh anyway after that it was like that it was on for me for there but uh you know just as i was growing up you know around memphis came up in a super small town about an hour east of memphis or so like there's nobody in this town there's nobody there there's no real scene of anything there's no mini trucking you know really you got a couple old guys with hot rods so my thing you know i, I come up playing playing baseball we we rode bmx if we mm-hmm. could find a spot to ride you know and that yep. was um and and that was really the two big things i had going when i was a kid and then it you know it started to get into the the kind of mini trucking thing and and all that actually baseball put me through college i went to college to be a teacher really? so as i was as i was going to school to be a teacher i was building trucks and um, and then the next thing I knew, somebody one day was like, you know, you should go teach at like one of those Votech schools. So I left there after getting the teaching degree and went to one of those schools because I'm like, OK, I'll do this and then I'll go teach that. And next thing I knew, I was building cars and it was just like wow. all over from there. So anyway, very long story short, <laughs> that's essentially um how it how it all happened that's pretty cool now when you go like when you kind of were transitioning from high school into like hey what do i want to do right because a lot of that changes for us like when you say teaching like are you thinking like hey i want to be like a teacher in a regular like school or like did you have something like a specific focus that you're like man i want to teach people how to weld or what was that no man actually believe it or not and it's it's crazy to to say it now but i was going to school to be a kindergarten through sixth grade teacher really and yeah and my whole thought behind that was i was playing baseball i was i was actually you know i'm a i'm a smaller guy so that kind of hurt me but um i was actually really good and i was trying to i was trying to go that path you know my parents were really pushing that path i really wanted to build cars they wanted me to play ball so i'm i'm thinking to myself like well you know, I'm playing ball and I'm doing all this. So uh-huh. I go to school. I'm like, okay, so I'll leave school and I'll, I'll coach. I'll be a teacher and I'll coach uh, baseball. I'll keep saying. me in baseball and I'll, I'll do all that stuff. And now in reality, the reason that I stopped playing and all that is I was so burnt out. It just didn't even make sense. Like, because we played year round, we traveled the country. I played baseball in every state, um, you know, minus like Hawaii and Alaska. Right. right. Uh, and, um, and by the time I was a couple of years into college, I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. I just want to build cars. And that was all I could think about was just wanting to build cars. So I quit, at least playing baseball anyway. And I remember my dad was like, all right, man, you've thrown it away. It's all over. And uh, luck- luckily now it worked out. <laughs> yeah, because you're kind of, you know, you've described like small town America, right? Little diner on the corner and you, know, you kind of come up and your parents are like, hey, man, you know, you got this career and potentially doing this. I yeah. want to ask you now, what did, were you like a shortstop or what position did you play? Yeah, so I was shortstop. I was middle infield. I was super quick, uh, normally leadoff, second batter. I had a really good inside out swing, would hit to right. I mean, you could pitch a ball at me and I could hit it to right field. And that was kind of a thing I had going for me at that time. And speed was a big thing. But once I started like, 
actually getting into serious college level, I started to realize my size was just, it was killing me. Like I was quick and I was good, but everybody wanted like the six, five, you know, two thirty dude. And here I am five, seven. And like at that time, one twenty five, and they're just like, <laughs> dude, yeah. you got to put some meat on you. Yeah, no, I know. And what was interesting is my dad, one of our cousins here, he was older than I am. He got drafted by the Reds in the early 80s, and he was a catcher. And he was really good, and he got hurt like a lot of players do. And he kind of got into coaching, and he eventually worked his way up, and he was a skipper when Griffey was there with the Reds because he stayed with them a long time. And oh, then, how cool is that? Yeah, it was cool. And I always wanted to meet Griffey because, you know, as a kid, I always remember he was like the first guy that would wear his hat backwards that I can remember, you know, the fitted hats. Yeah. So uh, I never got a chance to meet him, but, you know, then they brought in the new leadership and all that stuff. And after that, the the Yankees picked him up, but he would always spend time down like the Dominican, you know, a lot of that farm stuff. And yeah. um, he won a lot of games as a AAA coach. But one thing that was always cool is here and there we'd get a hat from like the Scranton Wilkesboro. Uh, he coached them for a while, I think it was. But what was neat, and I know you've experienced this, is all that AAA stuff and a lot of those things. They have some of the coolest hats and logos, man. And those little small oh, yeah, towns, for sure. all the people kind of come out, and it's just such a like a. I don't know. It seems like as a fan, well, you know, I'm not a huge baseball fan. I don't know a lot about it, but like as a um, someone that would go to a game, like it's really kind of that small town feel. Yeah, for sure. And see, I didn't realize what what my parents were were doing. I, I see it now, and like even since then, like I love playing. I, since I, since that's been 20 years ago. Okay. I haven't. I don't know that I've watched a baseball game right, since right. then. Like I'm, it's just like, I still like it. I could, you know, and all that. I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it was something I was good at, but maybe not so much just my thing. Yep. But now I look back and I go, okay, I see what he was doing because I was looking at it going, okay, well, I'm going to go through college. I might play single a, that would be cool. Uh, but those guys literally get paid nothing. Uh, yeah. you get a free meal and you travel the country in a bus with 40 other dudes. And I'm sitting there going, it's not really what I want to do, but in his mind, he was thinking, you go do that, dude, and then once you're done, you go open up a hitting clinic, and you charge 100 bucks an hour to show some kid how to swing a bat. He's like, uh-huh. it's the easiest life you could ever have. And then, you know, I still thought like, yeah, whatever, that would never happen. Now I look back, and I'm like, I, okay, you know, yeah, I you might have been right about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. And... um you know, in that era growing up, you mentioned kind of BMX bikes, and a lot of us, we, we look back at just the 80s, and, you know, we've seen a resurgence of just, like, even clothing and all that stuff, you know, so much yeah. from that era, but I tell you whether, you know, it's the video games and, and, and the bikes and all that stuff, it is cool, like, I'm thankful, probably around the same age as you, when we grew up in the era that we did, you know, I love smartphones, I'm on mine too much, like many of us, but, you know, back in those days, you could get on your bike, and it was just like, dude, it was like the freedom, man. I know, man, and I, I miss it so much. And then uh, I try to like push that off onto my kids, like just go, just go ride your bike, and like <laughs> you know, get on your skateboard and go do stuff. Like I, I don't know if you saw it. I even posted it today. I, I got out my old GT BMX bike that I got when I was thirteen, and I restored it. And I was like, this would be so cool to stick in the Maverick and carry it around. So I mean, I've even, I've even brought it back out, man. Those were just those were good times, and and they're hard to beat, you know. Uh, the only bad part for me was being in such a small town. I had like maybe one or two buddies that understood 
you know, BMX or skateboarding and all that. And then everybody else was, you know, video games or hunting or, you know, which I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't, I wasn't a gamer and I didn't hunt. I didn't really do any of that, but I was always on my bike. I was always skating and, and, you know, magazines and and stuff. And I only had just a person or two that understood kind of that, that lifestyle. Yeah. Your mindset. Yeah. And I kind of had similar because, where we grew up on school road, my parents moved there in 79. There were only a couple of like kind of kids like, and I was good friends with them, but I didn't grow up like in a neighborhood where some of my friends did, where it was like, okay, like 30 of the guys are riding bikes, you know, it was like me and I'd sit there yeah. and I'd make little dirt mounds and I'd try to jump and watch rad and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I didn't really have to have anyone either to, to like push me to say, Hey, yeah, okay, man, let's, let's make this ramp and let's learn, you know? And so I look back yeah, at some sure. of the stuff I would see in magazines and I just loved it, you know? Yeah, well, like for us where we were, I mean, if, if you went to the grocery store, you drove 30 minutes to get there. I mean, we were literally like there was nowhere. So if you had anybody around, you were you were lucky. You were lucky, yeah. One question I have about baseball was growing up, were you a fan of a particular – I mean, I'm thinking like Ozzie Smith, right? I mean, he was one of the best oh, and one yeah, of the greats. So like, like, do, you, do you look back at those days, like probably collecting cards here a little bit and that type of stuff and, and go like maybe he was one of your favorites or was there someone else? I would say that Ozzy probably was on top of the list. And, you know, I've got, I still have the card collection that I had back then, but I would say you could probably see that going through that stuff. I had his cards back when he was with the Padres, his rookie mm-hmm. cards. I've got autographed baseballs. I had a supper with him one night. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, looking back at all that, you know, I was, you know, did that stuff. I would, yeah, I would definitely say Ozzy Smith would probably have to be the, the top of the charts on that one. When my cousin would get us uh, tickets to the you know the Reds for a long time, we're in Plant City, and we get to go in this um, during spring training and watch the games. I remember seeing him out there, and we you know as kids you throw the balls over and they'd sign him and stuff, and he was always a real nice guy. Uh, I only saw him a couple times, but one thing I always loved about him, you know, again I'm not like a baseball historian, I don't know a lot about it, but I always remember I think his little thing was at opening day every year he would run out and he would do like the flip in the air backflip the backflip yep. and back I was flip. like he would he would do it almost every game which oh, was oh, awesome wow. because okay. because the Cardinals so if we go to St. Louis you know roughly 4 or 5 hours from here not too bad so we would through the year we would normally every year would go a couple of times a year and every single time he ran out dude it was a backflip and it was like Sick. holy you know, and when you're a kid, it was like, <laughs> yeah. look at this guy. And, you know, they called him the wizard. He was definitely a wizard. I've never seen anybody move <laughs> like that guy. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and it was funny because I was the kid that even though we eventually got a trampoline, like you could go, hey, I'll give you $100 to do a flip. And, like, I couldn't even do a flip on a trampoline. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when I would have my buddies over, like, they'd, they'd, like, climb on a roof and go, all right, watch this. I'm going to backflip off the roof. I'm like, dude. Like you, I, I just, I never could do any of that stuff. So seeing Ozzy do that, I was like, this is sick, dude. Yeah. Man, flat footed on the ground at that time. I don't know, man. I'm sure he was, I think, um, I remember watching him play once and, um, I I would, he probably had to be in his forties then maybe. I'm not sure. I can't remember when he retired, but he still ran out and did a backflip. And I was like, this dude, he's not human, man. Something. Yeah, something played, crazy about him. You know, for the love of the game back then, money wasn't as much as it is these days and stuff. So, you know, I look back to the Tony Gwynn days and and him and some of the cards I collected. You know, growing up and you know it's kind of crazy. And I guess the last thing, not to get too far into baseball, I don't follow it closely, but I did hear the other day or heard just this week that Big Poppy 
he made you know the Hall of Fame first ballot. But yeah. you know we don't even have to bring up some of those other names. They, dude, I didn't realize when they said that they had. So it was their last year of eligibility, and some of those big names that we know from that era didn't make it because of the whole you know S word, right? So I mean, I'm I'm guessing that, but I didn't realize. It sounds like MLB has it where like you only got a ten year window, and after that, like, see, I didn't even realize that. I, I didn't I, realize. I, really, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I got to look it up because I did hear it like on a little radio show I listened to. So. But I was like, man, that sounds kind of crazy. But I mean, still, like the Wade Boggs and all those guys of that era, just you know, are, are are just guys that a lot of us looked up. We had that conversation the other day. I can't remember who I was talking with about it, and it just you know, I don't talk about baseball much, right, but right. we somehow got on on this topic, and they're not letting them in because of steroids. But I know. you know, back then it was like. Um, that's just what people did. I you know? know, it's like not not to say right or wrong or whatever, exactly. but that yep. was just kind of what people did. There was no testing for it. Nobody said you couldn't do it. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's like, I don't know, man. It's still I, the way I look at it from being a baseball player yep. is whether you whether I took steroids or didn't or, or any kind of enhancement drug. Dude, it is still a skill that you have to develop, yep. and it takes so many hours to do that it's unfreaking believable. And I don't really think you should take it away from them just for that fact. But right. yeah, it's just my opinion. Exactly. And I do think my last thought on it, you know, my wife kind of grew up in Pittsburgh area. Well, she north of Pittsburgh. But like the Barry Bonds of the world's, like they probably, like, you know, you, you look at like if Griffey never got hurt, I think early in his career, and then, you know, with Barry Bonds and stuff. You know, those guys would have probably had, you know, just as many, if not, you know, even potentially more. So, you know, it is crazy. There's no doubt. It's always a polarizing topic, but I appreciate you chiming in a little bit on that. But um, Sure. So, you know, you kind of talk a little bit about, you know, you see the three-wheel come through the stop sign and, and or the stoplight. I, you know, grew up in the era of, like, we'd put on MTV and we'd see, like, Ice Cube Today Was a Good Day video. And I'm like, man, what is this car? And, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you realize, well, okay, they rented the car, but it was, like, this guy that's ingrained in a lowrider scene. But all of that stuff, like, I was in love, too, with it. So do you then, you know, you start seeing that, right? You're a teenager, you start looking at magazines, and then do you start going, well, man, I want to get me a car. What does that end up with, like, your first vehicle? Like, so it's funny, like, what basically even led me into mini truck and hot rods, anything, were the lowriders. Like, seeing that first, I believe it was like, it was, um, I want to say it was a 64 Impala was the first one that I saw three-wheeling through there. And I was like, holy crap. (laughs) So, of course, the first thing I do, pick up Lowrider magazine. I'm starting, I'm looking at Lowriders. I'm checking out these Impalas. And, like, literally to this day, a 64 drop top on 13s, Dayton's, like, that is still something that yes. gets me, like, freaking going, core, dude. At the core, like, right? <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, like, so much that I've got a 61 bubble top sitting in the back and it is Ooh, waiting yeah. for me to build it. Like, but what that basically did, so I see that and I'm, Obviously, checking out lowrider magazines. Well, the lowrider magazines kind of transitioned over into the mini truck and the truck and all that kind of stuff. So, obviously, coming from a small town and you know doing all this stuff, it, you didn't go buy a new truck or car. Like nobody did that. Like my parents never had a my, new truck or my car. Like were it just very it similar. just didn't. Yep. Yeah, it just didn't happen, right? So when you're getting close, I think I actually got my first truck when I was like. 14 or so like i convinced my dad to go ahead and buy like get me this truck right, man right. it was a it was a ranger or something and it, it was uh remember it was a four liter five speed ranger it was a 94 so the round body and it already had a set of like um 
they were ultra wheels, but they look like Eagle alloys, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. So I was get so that low rider thing led me over into the, the mini trucking thing because that was basically what we could afford to buy. Right. Yes, yep. So then it just freaking took off from there. <laughs> so no, nobody in town really at that time had anything like that. So of course, when I get it and I'm looking at mini trucking and nobody knows what the hell I'm doing, I'm trying to figure out, well, how do I get it lower? And how do I get a sound system in it? And I didn't know shit. You know, I yep. didn't know anything. So that's what led to that. I feel like the low rider thing is what really led me over into that because yep. it transitioned from I can't afford that, but I, I think I can that and I can make it look cool like one of those. Absolutely. Yeah, because I have a couple of my original low riders from like the early 90s and I was the same way because like I said, you turn on, you know, Dre's album comes out, you know, 92, you know, Snoop and all this stuff and you're seeing, you know, Easy e you know, I think he really coined the term six foe and six four and all that. But you know, we turn yeah. on the TV and you'd see that, and I'm like, and for me as a younger kid that really didn't have maybe a lot of, um, you know, I wasn't an outgoing kind of kid. Like I was real shy, right? So I would see that, and I was like, well, man, if I had something cool like this, you know, all my homies would want to roll with me, you know, and yeah, so, for real. So it was kind of like that. But um, you know, what's cool talking about lowriders is something, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but. You know, Boys in the Hood, they had that famous lowrider, and I forget there's a name of that car, and I was watching the audio commentary of the the Blu-ray one time, and rest in peace, John Singleton, who directed it, he mentioned, uh, they, someone brought up the car, and he goes, man, I had a chance to buy that car, and he goes, that's like one of the uh -oh. regrets I have, and of course, a lot of people know that's over in Japan now, where a lot of that stuff ends up, but yeah. dude, you you look back, even the Ice Cube... Um, Someone was telling me it's 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 called like Family Jewel or it's something Jewel that green car that kind of had the bowling ball kind of looking paint, but yep, all that yep, stuff. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's all ingrained in our brains, dude. We're like that was us in in those days, you know. So yeah, man, it was like it was such an awesome time, like for all that, and then get I just it's funny how that first experience seeing that thing three wheel through there, like I I will never forget yep. that. Anytime anybody asks, like how did you get into this stuff? How do you do it? Like that, that's the first thing right there that pops yeah. into my head is like that damn low rider, man. <laughs> yeah. When Tim Davis, we had him on RA, um, you know, he has a topless Nissan and he talked about, I think it was him where we were talking about like, you know, he was driving a lower dually or when he was younger, he was looking at magazines and he saw a lower like OBS dually, you know, back when he was a kid. And it was like, boom, you know, and you could almost think about, you know, a lot of us, I know me, like I'm bad about sometimes driving my stuff or, you know, taking it out and stuff. But, you know, the kids these days, you know, we could, I mean, imagine how many people, especially with you and your role, you know, you influence people all the time and you may not realize it, but like, you know, if you're out driving the Maverick that we'll talk about, you know, you, you might have a kid that's like eight years old that are like, man, I want to do that, you know, and in like 30 years, yeah. they're going to be talking about it. So it's cool, man. Yeah. It's a, and that's exactly what I think about all the time is like, because every time I see a kid, I think back to when I saw that one. And like, for instance, I was talking about the kid that came in the other day. It was to see that kid, man, hit, the way he lit up when he yes. saw these cars, when he walked in this shop, you know, made me want to show him around yep. and show him everything we've done and how we modified that. You know, I would spend my whole day doing that with that kid because I see right then and there that it is ingrained in him at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a good feeling because you think about, you know, long hours. You know, there's always days where we're like slamming a, uh, you know, a hammer down going, damn, you know, got to redo this or whatever. 
and then it kind of gives you the motivation to kind of go, man, you know, that kid just left and God, man, I want to get back and work because it's, you know, you realize you're doing it for cool stuff. A lot of times it's for a high, you know, clientele, but you see a kid that's like, man, you know, it just gets them going and it, it really gets me going. Cause I'm like, well, shit, I want to get out there and hustle now, you know? Yeah. Like I'm seeing it with like my, my five-year-old, I know, you know, he's, he's got a lot of growing to do. Things may change. He may not like cars at all, but it's crazy how much he loves these cars and he wants to be in the shop all the time. And you tell him to go get a half inch wrench. He knows which one to go get. But what's been crazy is when I picked this Maverick up, that became his truck. And like, he is so all over this thing that it doesn't make sense like he he wants to be on it he wants to polish on it he wants to know how i did the paint a certain way like it is really mind-blowing because at five i i didn't i'm sure i, I didn't care yeah know? that is pretty cool yeah it is because and and you could see you know when kids are younger and they start you know you're like man their minds are really awesome and the world they live in now with like ipads and stuff it's like some of these kids are like I mean, I can't remember what age I was when I knew my ABCs, you know, or how many months old I was, but you know, you're seeing these kids and, and like you said, with your son seeing that it's cool because, you know, it's leaving a lasting impression that as he gets a little bit older, you know, he's my buddy Vic and I always say this, you know, you look at a kid like that, or even someone that's 15, 18 years old. And I often, Vic and I will look at one of those guys or kids and go, you know, you're the future of this truck scene, you know, or this hot rod scene. Yeah. And they kind of look at you and they're probably like, oh, this old head, what's he talking about? But really, if you think about it, you know, the, these kids are the future. So, Well, what's funny about him that, um, you know, especially at the iPad stuff, I've also got three daughters and they're all over that crap. Like yeah. I can't get their heads out of it. I can't, can't get them to do anything. Like, it's like, Oh my God, like what's going on? <laughs> right, right. So, you know, he's kind of following that a little bit. He's got his little iPad. He's doing all this stuff. What's funny is every day he'll walk to me and he'll go, dad, check this one out. So last night, actually, he walks up to me and he goes, Hey dad, look at this. Are we going here? And it was, um, Many truck. It was many trucking nationals that somebody had posted on YouTube, just going down checking the trucks out, like Grinder TV or one of those guys. And that's what he sits there and watches, which is crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. And one thing that you know ties in a little bit is when you think about like YouTube and all these different things, like remember the old days you, you were waiting for mini trucking to be like, Oh, the next one's going to have how to do a chop, you know, in it. And yeah. like, I couldn't ever do that stuff. But a lot of people, like I, I'm sure they read it and they're like, okay, so oh, it's not that bad. We got to measure, we got to do this now. Yeah. Like, I mean, you go on YouTube and like these different channels that show you how to do stuff. To me, it just kind of shows the amount of resources that are out there. It, it, you got to be pretty lazy, right? I hate to use that word, but you got to be pretty lazy to go, just be able to sit back and go, well, you know, it's too hard. I can't do it. Cause if you really yeah. just put your mind to it, like Marty Mc or like uh, George McFly said, you can accomplish anything, right? <laughs> yeah, man. If there were YouTube when I was a teenager, I say this all the time. There's no telling. Cause like, uh, <laughs> right. like I play guitar and, and drums and do stuff like that. And I'm all self taught. Yeah. You know, I remember I started playing when I was 10, I was self taught. I was doing, trying to do that, man, if I would have had YouTube, oh my God, I'd probably be, you know, more like Eddie Van Halen instead of right. just drumming chords. Yeah. My dad played the guitar and he said the same thing. He's like, he couldn't believe, and he wasn't a techie guy, but he would download this program and he goes, man, it, you know, I'm learning how to play like the Rolling Stone songs and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, it is really amazing. But, uh, we've hinted a little bit. I want to talk about the Maverick, but um, I did want to just for a moment touch upon, like talk to us a little bit about the killer motor trend TV show. 
that uh, you know you're a part of, man. Because I I think I love the show. I love the logo. I love so much about it. But you know, maybe mention the show name and anything that you want to share about it. Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, started hosting Car Fix on Motor Trend. My co-host Brian Fuller, super cool dude, man, crazy talented. If yeah. you don't know him, definitely look him up because because uh, he'll blow your mind. Uh, it's been awesome working with him. But yeah, it's it's been a great gig because the reason that I like these shows so much, these more, I guess, how-to shows is, I guess, the background of, you know, being a teacher and then getting to teach people how to do this stuff, like actually having a platform to where we can take these really high-end cars we're building, stuff that people, you know, maybe think they can't do or something, and we can break it down and show you how we're doing it how we're TIG welding it, how we're metal shaping it. And the the great thing about this one in particular is they're so great because they'll let Brian and myself bring our own projects. So most of the time, if you're watching it, it's normally one of our builds, unless it's just something where we're doing basic maintenance, maybe swapping a carburetor or something. They may find one and pull it in. But Mm -hmm. yeah, for the most part, they're all all ours. So we get to kind of not only teach people what we're doing, but show off, you know, what, what we've done, how we've built it, who we're using, you know, so it's, um, it's been an awesome experience. And I've, this is, you know, having a couple of shows in my pocket now, I would definitely say car fix has been one of the, that it's been my favorite experience so far. Yeah. Cause the other show you were involved in, you know, I could imagine different production companies and stuff. They probably do things, you know, very different. Whereas some people might think, well, TV is all the same, but it's definitely not the case. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of mind blowing to, to go from two totally different extremes. It feels like, because I, I hosted truck tech mm-hmm. with uh, power nation and um, yeah, it was, you know, five or so years ago, did that for a handful of years. And the way that we would shoot there is basically seven to nine days to film one full episode, which is really? about an eight an 18 minute runtime. So we had those amount of days, maybe a couple of days down there, you know, doing uh, some behind the scenes work, maybe get, getting something ready for the next shot. And then you flip this over to Carfix. So, so let me, let me say too, that was a, a 40 hour a week gig, 52 weeks out of the year. So it was a full time job. We did 23 episodes a year. Car fix, we do 16. So not quite as many, but we film an episode in a day and a half. Nice. So what's really cool about that is in, you know, me and Brian, we definitely have, I think, kind of the same work ethic. We are like, get in it, get after it and go. We don't really mess around or sit back and think about it too much. It's like, Man, if we need to bend that metal up, let's just start bending, you know, yep. and let's see where we – and we just get after it. So Amazing. we typically come down to Tampa, and then, you know, maybe in a week normally we'll get three episodes in the can. We'll come back home. We'll get to spend a month with the family, go back to another week. So it really breaks it up to where I can be here, run the shop, see the kids, see the wife, and um, be able to make some cool TV too. So it's really, really awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of sharing some of the insights because it's always intriguing to me how the whole TV stuff works and, uh, you know, technology has gotten a lot better and things like that. And they need folks like you and Brian on the show that can, to your point, kind of get after it. And I love seeing that. I love seeing some of the projects. You know, Brian's Lincoln, of course, he's got the coop and I think he's up in Georgia. Oh, yeah. And then you live still in Tennessee area, right? 
Yeah, so we our shop is right across the Tennessee line in North Mississippi. So oh, we're we're boy. just we're just fifteen miles from the state line, hour east so of Memphis. So yeah, we're just we're right there on the on the line. Yeah, and I remember seeing you on Truck Tech. I think is technically um, yeah. if I'm saying that right. And you know, I, well, a lot of us grew up. I remember kind of in the '90s. It, it was funny because we didn't really have DVR. You know, we weren't really. You know, you'd have to be a pretty big fiend to be like VHS in it. I could never figure out whatever that VHS like. There was like codes you could put in; it would record. But um, yeah, I remember on Sundays we'd get up and you know when TNT, I think it was TNT or TNN, when they had their whole kind of run of shows, and many of us, you know, got up and we watched you know Stacy Day or um, you know Stacy David, yeah, yeah Stacy David and things like that. And that for me, you know, way before the social media stuff was kind of cool. So like seeing you on truck tech and now on car fix i'm like hey i know that voice i know that name and you know to see that you're dabbling and what you're dabbling in man like dude i tip my cap to you man yeah man and i appreciate that and like you just said that that was the reason that got me onto there was you know we didn't have anything else to go by so when i was building trucks in the garage like my parents house or whatever i would get up on saturday mornings i would watch those shows and that would motivate me yes. to just like go out there and start working on it i'd be like hell yeah i can do it i can do that and then yep. you'd be out there and work on it. So, and it's funny how it all worked out because I was doing, I was building these mini trucks in the garage. I was doing this stuff and I started to kind of, I uh, had um, Brandon shoot one of the, my Toyota. Mm -hmm. So I remember he shot that for mini trucking. Then after that, um, I sold it just recently after, which I was like, damn, I shouldn't oh, have done. Really? But, but the reason I did that, I was, I was kind of building these trucks. And I was like, man, there's just... I'm to a point in my life I need to make a living and these trucks aren't really making that living yep, for yep. me. So I was like, I still want to be in that scene. I still want to hit switches. I still want to do this stuff. Like yep. how can I, what can I do? You know? So I ended up building a 67 Mustang and back then I put it on air ride. Like I'm staring at it right now. It's on the ground. It's mm -hmm. pro charged. It's, you know, it's slicked out. And I took that thing to good guys in Nashville and um, won some award. I can't remember what it took home. And, of course, I was like, hell, yeah, this is awesome. And a guy walks up and he said, hey, man, you ever thought about being on TV? And I was like you. I wouldn't talk to anybody, dude. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was at a local car show and the news crew wanted to interview me. And I was like, no, it's OK. I'm good. You can go to that wow. guy. So this guy says, you know, you ever thought about doing anything? And I was like, uh, no man not really and he said well hey why don't you give me a call so i give him a call we schedule an interview for like that next monday so i uh, drive up to nashville that next monday i do an on-camera interview and i think i started that wednesday really? like it just all it all happened that quick to where That's no great. tv experience no nothing just built this car Showed it, and then a couple weeks later, I was filming. It was like it was a whirlwind, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, and I know it's not like TV. It's not like a movie, but you know, I'll call him a casting director, right? A hiring manager, whatever. That's the cool thing about you know he or she that can that can pluck someone like you, Jeremy, because they to me, um, you know, I don't know a lot about fabrication and all that stuff, but when we watch it, we can tell that you're a real car guy. You know, now granted, I do know that. You know, we assume some of the TV shows, you know, you have, I don't want to call them stagehands, but you have maybe some off, you know, but like what you're saying with you and Brian, you guys are getting your hands dirty. You, you know, you're jumping right in. And I think like tip of the cap to that dude that was like, hey, man, let's talk because he saw something in you. 
seeing the quality of work and, and, and you ran with it, you know? Yeah, man. And it, it, you know, it's completely changed my life too. So much appreciation to that dude. I can't even remember who he was now, yeah, but, yeah. but man, yeah, it was crazy. Well, you know, it goes to show you there's a story and, and uh, Christopher Lloyd has shared this recently, you know, being a big back to the future fan. He talks about like when he first got the script for back to the future, he threw it in the trash can and his yeah. wife at the time, I think he's been married several times, but you know, his wife at the time said, you know, you, you should probably just not, you know, repass the first page or whatever it was. You know, you should probably read the whole script and just you know, think about it. And, and you know, although a little bit different situation, but you look at it and, and be like, could you imagine if Christopher Lloyd said, no, I don't want to do Back to the Future? You know, it wouldn't be the yeah, same movie. Yeah. So it's just, it, no way. you got to run with uh, those opportunities that sometimes are presented to you, you know? Yeah, and it's been a good experience. All the, way, the people that I've been able to meet, um, the companies that I'm able to work with now through this, you know, uh, Kevin Tates, who hosted Truck Tech before me, you know, we we became really good friends. I mean, that's an awesome relationship. And then you got Ian Johnson that hosts, uh, you know, the four by four shows and stuff. Like he's become a really good friend. And you know, yes. I would have never even got to meet those people, you know, and and they've become some of my best friends and people who you can count on. You know, you can. You can call them if you were across the country with a flat tire, and they'll come get you. You know, yeah. and so it's it's been a good experience all the way around. Yeah, and they're true hardcore guys, and I think that's one thing. You know, obviously there's been some conglomerates like a Motor Trend kind of come over and start, you know, buying some properties and things like that. But like even me, like when I watch, you know, I know it's a different show, but like Garage Squad, you know, I love it because you know, there's so many people out there, and I've learned things over the years. I know I'm not a hot rod builder, but you know, for, for a show like yourself to be able to motivate or the, like Carfix to motivate or someone like Garage Squad that maybe gives an opportunity, not everybody gets picked, but I guarantee there's people at home going, you know what? Wow, you know, they came through. I bet you if I could ask some of my buddies to come help me, we can get our stuff going, you know? So to yeah, me, again, it, it's that motivation. Yeah, and that's the way, you know, it used to be too. And, and I'm so glad to kind of see that happening again because we – we talked about it recently, you know, blocking on a car. Like we just used to have a block party. You call <laughs> right. five of your buddies, man, get a get a case of beer, and you yep. sit down on a Friday night. And you would just block this truck yep. out and get it ready to paint for the weekend, you know. So it's really awesome stuff, man. Really brings people together, and it's just it's really awesome. Yeah, and if you think about how many badass vehicles have been built over the you know the the life of the hot rodding. You know, so many of them were like, hey, well, listen, man, I'll paint your car if you can do my interior. Oh, sure. You know, the whole yeah. thing, like you said. So that's great. Um, the, what's awesome is you've hinted about the mini trucks. And, you know, we've seen on your Instagram, it's the Hot Rod Shop MS, right, for Mississippi. No, Missouri, yeah. Or, yeah, for Mississippi. We've seen the hints of this Ford Maverick, right? So this new platform comes out. And, you know, I was on the fence going, hey, are people really going to love this thing? And, you know, we all love that, quote, mini trucks are back. I read a big story about why a lot of people thought they wouldn't come back, and it had to do with, like, fuel efficiency and all kinds of craziness, right, with the EPA. Right. But they're back, and someone like yourself, you know, one of the first guys out there to kind of go, hey, we're going to build one. Um, what's the experience been like being able to get your hands on and actually working through and building this this Maverick? Well, I'll tell you, it's been absolutely the most fun I've had, and I cannot tell you when. Like, and that is no <laughs> joke. I've I've had so much fun doing this thing, trying to figure it out. And you know, we we went a little different style. You know, like I'm 
you know, the last mini trucks to build are like the Mustang sitting here. It's on the ground. It's as much wheel and tire as you can stuff in it, you know, and yep. it's um, big power and all that. This, I was like, I really want to take it back. And I know that's probably going to be a love it or hate it kind of thing. But um, but we, we basically, you know, picked up the truck. Well, I ordered it. So at first I'm, I'm sitting in here, my wife's in here, and I go, man, this new Maverick's coming out. And, of course, everybody's like, what, they're bringing a Maverick back, the car? I'm the like, car, oh, right. it's, this, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's this truck. It's like a unibody truck. And I show it to my wife, and I'm like, I'm going to order it. I'm going to order one right now. We're going to, we're going to build a mini truck. So I started reaching out to like four. I started pulling connections. I was, yeah. I was doing everything. I was like, give me one of these trucks. I wanted it SEMA in 21, which it didn't happen, but we ordered it. Um, every first, my wife was kind of like, Jerry, this is a bad idea. Like, I don't <laughs> think you should, I don't know that we should do this. And I'm like, trust me, this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. We're going to do a nineties throwback, nineties paint, nineties wheels. Like we got and of this, course, then she's, Yeah. And then she's really going like, what has, what has happened to you? Cause you know, we build these modern, like uh resto mod cars and uh, I'm like, just trust me. So we get it here. And the first kind of hurdle is like, okay, well I want it to be as low as we can get it. So, of course, I started looking at it, and it's got struts on it. It's front-wheel drive, so you've got your CV axles. And I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm like, man, like, this is really going to suck. <laughs> and so there's no struts for it, so we, we know that. And actually, now, as it sits, um, I'd got with Zach over at Universal Air. We designed some struts for it. So I ended up putting a set of struts on it. We're, we've been able to lay it all the way down on air struts and it actually still works pretty quick and fast. But what we first did, we designed basically to be able to put a 2,500 pound bag in the front, you know, just your small bag that you typically use. So we ended up building a cup. We welded it to the top spindle mount. um, And then we like could not figure out how to get this thing just to travel up and down straight, you know, Uh and your spindle still turn. So we ended up putting a bearing in the lower section so the spindle would turn and we would have the lower mount to the spindle what works awesome uh, there's a little bit of movement in it but we're what it allowed us to do we're able to hop it a little bit so we're running Mm. half inch lines all the way through eight half inch valves we were talking about putting a nitrogen tank on it um and then you know we designed these uh air struts with zach over there and it's like well i'll give these a shot so basically i don't know what i'm gonna run yet mm-hmm. i've got the air struts on it now it rides so good it handles good um i have no bump steer i've got a little bit of kick up on the tie rods but all that's good and then in the rear it was super easy because mm-hmm. it's just basically that straight axle we pulled the coils coils out of it we put cups in the bottom um put a 2500 pound bag back there and i mean it was it was good to go. So for the most part, it ended up being pretty easy. Uh, we just got to figure out what setup we're going to run in the front. Now, the, the back, we've actually got it hopping. We can hop it about five inches off the ground right now. Wow. Yeah, I saw someone comment the other day because you had a cool photo. Again, we're talking with Jeremy Bumpus. You can go on Instagram and look at some of this, the Hot Rod Shop MS. When uh, someone commented and it was like, you know, you showed the underneath the truck, you know, the valves and all that. They're like, why didn't you just run a, a modern valve yeah. setup? And and I think some people forget that, as you, as you know, as many truckers, we came from the quarter-inch lines, manual valves, into like, oh, fast bags, right? You remember yeah. that term, right? So 
what's cool is, you know, when you start talking quarter-inch valves and stuff like that, I mean, like you said, this isn't your average, like, 3-8 line deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys did yeah. it a little bit different. Yeah, and I basically, you know, in a nice way, told the the guy <laughs> that, well, you just can't hop it, you know. Right, it's like, right. um, yeah, yeah. You, and that's that's it. But and and to throw it back, like, yeah, we don't have to throw everything back to the the you know back in the day. But sure, sure. to me, it was like I wanted it old. I wanted a ten switch box. I wanted it, you know, I wanted all that stuff. So it hit size. It all. It'll do all corners. It'll three wheel the back wheel just a little bit wow. you know and it'll yeah so it you know it's just really fun and cool and it's like i told somebody the other day when they're like man I, because this took me back to mini trucking too because i had a guy look at it and go why in the world would you do that which i remember <laughs> hearing that all the time right, you can't and drive it. <laughs> it, it yeah and it finally you know hit me and i think I, I said it in one of our videos it's like strictly for fun like yeah. It that is the only reason why I've done this is to have fun. It's for me. It's for nobody else. And I'm having so much fun already, and I haven't even gotten to show it yet. Yeah. So man. I'm. It's the suspension was um, kind of the hard part, I guess. But um, and then the paint just took all the the time in the world. Oh my god! Like it was. I was so sick of painting. I never <laughs> thought. I, I don't ever say that, but I was. I was getting tired of painting. Yeah. Well, you know, to recap a couple of things there. So, one thing, if you go look at his Instagram, Jeremy's, I like that you did like an eighteen twenty, right? So it's kind of like the throwback to when wheels started getting bigger, but it wasn't like, hey, because I mean, wheel wheel prices are high, right? You start getting a twenty four, twenty sixes, thirties, all this. You know, you're mortgaging a house to get a set of wheels. So I like that. You know, kind of the smaller wheel overall, it fits it perfect. But also the one thing, Jeremy, that that I wanted to say earlier is. Like, you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades, it seems like, right? So to your point, you know, you're talking about, okay, we're looking under this thing. It's on the lift. We figure out suspension. Okay, boom, we got this. Okay, now I'm going to paint it. I mean, keep me honest. Like, you're doing your hands-on with a lot of this. Like, I mean, you, you've you learned how to do all these things, right? Yeah. So, you know, luckily for me, I've got a handful of guys here that are super talented and are, and are in a way, kind of like me. They can do pretty much everything. But that was one thing that I've tried to set out to do when I was younger is like, if I, if I'm going to do this, I want to be able to do it all. Like I want to be able to build a car ground up with just me if I had to. So, yeah. So, and then I ended up going to that uh, Votech school and luckily they had upholstery, they had custom paint, they had everything. And I went through it all, man. And, um, so yeah, now I've, we figured out the suspension. I was able to do that. I was able to do the custom paint on it. And then the next thing I'm, I'm about to leather the interior, do the seat. So, you know, I can sit behind the sewing machine and do all that stuff. So I'm, I'm very, you know, it took a lot of hard work. I mean, I, it's the one thing that I think has, the only thing that annoys me about anybody ever, I think is when somebody goes, man, it must be nice oh, because three to be able right to now. learn, yeah, to be able to learn how to do every single one of those things. And I won't say I'm the greatest at any one of them. I mean, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm, but I have figured out that I can do each one of those yeah, things. So if we need sick. interior, we can do it. Metal fabrication, TIG welding. I mean, I've just tried to make sure that I could be good enough at each one of those that I could build a really nice trucker car. Dude, well, I mean, let us give you two thumbs up, you know, the old Cisco and Ebert, because, I mean, you, you definitely have honed the skills. I was thinking about you this past weekend. We were at Eastbound Get Down, and there was the silver one, right? There's not a lot of them out yeah. there. But we were sitting back, and I was joking with my buddy, and I said, you know, I really like the headlights on it. And I said, I think they're stock. 
And it made me think back to about 20 years ago when all the mini truckers, we started running clear lights. That was the big thing. And then we were getting pulled yeah. over and this and that. But it is kind of cool if you really think back to how the aftermarket uh, does lead a little bit the OEMs because like you look at the headlights on those and to me they look good. They're all they they look very clear. And I'm looking at a photo of now of your Maverick and uh, keep me honest. Now, granted, on yours, I think the way the grill is and whatnot, maybe you know there's guys out there that take those apart and all of that. But are they're pretty cool looking overall just from the OEM? It seems like. Yeah, they're really they're really clean. You know, it's got a super clean look to it. I like the way they've they've done the whole front end in general on it. Once I was able to color match it and get it down, I was looking at it, I was like, man, it looks like a NASCAR or yeah. something. It's like or a charger. Um I actually did try and it didn't work out. They didn't think they could do it. Um you know, Oracle Lighting went through and did all the LEDs and in, in my headlights and we're doing the underglow with them. But I did try to get them to build me a set of clear lenses for the tail lights. I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm going back. I'm doing clear lenses and Yeah, yeah. And uh but they were like, Yeah, don't that be I don't think we can get that accomplished. I was like, Well, that's okay. They still look yeah, good. They say but, yeah, honest. I was I was trying, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, so like obviously, you know, it's kind of refreshing to hear from you. Like when you talk about, well, you know, like SEMA didn't work out last year, right? Uh, you know, we wish that it would, but you know, there's a lot of builders, a lot of guys in their garages and stuff building stuff, and it kind of just goes to show you that that everyone can kind of be impacted, right? And obviously, we're in a pandemic still, but I I say all that. Like, do you think like do you, does an opportunity does an opportunity potentially present itself for you to maybe get it out there this year or do you go well uh, yeah yeah okay good so so you know you're going to do some of the reveals and stuff like that on TV and then you know by then you'll be able to have some potential placement out there this year yeah for sure so we've got quite a few things lined up for it um you know MTX is working with us on the sound system we're doing a ridiculous sound system on a car fix that we're about to film uh and we're talking right now about doing it in their booth at SEMA um Brandon is uh, gonna shoot it for street trucks so we've got that lined up to do that which would be really cool and then, you know, we've got all the shows we're going to hit. We're going to do, I know for sure right now, Mini Truck and Nats and Battle and Bama we're doing. And, uh, oh, man, I wish so badly I could have got it into LST because I was going to kind of debut it to everybody there. But uh, I just I never could make it happen. I missed the registration. Then when they opened it up over this past weekend, um, I could not get the website to work, man. I was pulling my hair out. I'm like, you I can't get it to work, so I just I missed the ball on that one, unfortunately. Well, but if you want, I'll, dude, I'll give you my registration if you want it, man. No, man, no, I would not do that no, to I'm, you, man. No, I'm I, serious, I, man, I, dude. I'll give it to you, man. No problem. I even told Vic, and Vic was like, "Well, no," but seriously, um, you know, I know we got a little bit more time. I talked to Radar last night, and you know, he said, "Hey, you know, they're kind of at the cutoff point, but you know, if it's something I can do to help you out, bro, I'll I'll gladly. It's no problem, man. I mean, I would love to see it there." You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And man, it's it's to much appreciated, dude. I mean, you definitely do not have to do that though, but you, you have no idea. That means yeah. a lot. Let's do it. Let's we were gonna you know, and my thing with the with LST was I've had so many people, I cannot tell you how many people write me and say, Hey man, is it gonna be at Lone Star? Hey, is it gonna be at Lone Star? Hey, is it gonna be there? And I'm like, oh, I'm not making it. So just the amount well, of people that I've had ask me is yeah. what's kind of motivated yeah. me to like, let's get it there. Yep. Well, I helped someone out this week, and, and what I would say is, like, we have one of the best – I mean, i got to thank Lonnie and Radar. We work closely with them, and we've got one of the best spots in the entire facility. I mean, it is like 
it ground zero for the amount of spectators and people that cruise by and stuff. And, you know, if we could make it happen, which I know we can, you know, I, I would say, hey, park it in our booth, man, and, and you would get a lot of traffic, dude. I'm just saying. So, that, and then, of course, man, that would be awesome, dude. You're right there. You just crank it up if you do. You know, what's funny is I was never a huge, like, I did, when in my younger days, I liked to cruise at shows. Um, you know, and then you kind of get to like, hey, just, you know, turn it off, go get you a beer. But the cool thing is with Lone Star Throwdown is they've got that big area where you can kind of cruise through. So, you know, a lot of people will get to a point over those three, four days and they go, you know what, I want to go for a quick lap. Now, granted, it gets yeah. busy through there, as you know. But, but yeah, man, I'll definitely, um, we'll work it out. And uh, if it's going to work out for you, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on you. But if if, it, if that's something that would help you, man, let, let, let us do that for you, man. You know what I mean? Hey, man, uh, I am I can make it happen for sure as yep. long as I'm not – as long as it's yep. no imposition to you, dude, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I would, I'd love to get to come hang out anyway. Yep. yep. Well, 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 we'll make that happen. We appreciate you coming on. Um, let's see. I wanted to ask you – so, you know, the Maverick obviously – is one thing I don't know because I haven't. I, I guess I should have peeked inside the silver one there. When you talk about the stereo, right? When the Avalanche first came out, I always I don't know what it was. I didn't like the cladding, but I love the Avalanche concept. I love that it had that. Um, it didn't have a roll down back window, but you could pop it. And then of course you had that lower section, which was kind of cool. On these, yeah. do you do you almost have like the old school walkthrough uh, to a certain extent? We'll, we'll call it a blow through. Is that what what this truck will end up with, or how does the stereo? How how are you envisioning it coming together? Yeah, so basically, right now, so uh, Joey at Outlaw Garage in Tennessee is right down the street. Um, he's a good friend of mine, and he has a killer stereo shop. And basically, he does a lot of high end stuff. So I I reached out to him because I knew with the paint and everything, we just didn't have time to make it happen. I knew that we with MTX, we were going to do six twelves. Um, we've got four amps, and it's like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we got to do a blow through, man. And he was like, hell yeah, this is because he was doing the systems back in the day when it was blow through. So basically we've got a box built that takes up almost the entire bed minus the three batteries that's going to sit behind it because it's going to take three more batteries to power this sound system. So uh, what we're going to do is he's got the box tuned, everything. He's got a big port in the front. So basically we're going to cut out a section of the cab that's, you know, roughly a few feet wide and like 12 inches tall. It's nothing too crazy, but the way that we've got it tuned and set up, it should be it should be perfect for it. Um, there's no room really, if you get one of these, there's no room really in the cab for anything other than under the seat. It's pretty deep. So what we ended up doing under the seat is we've got four MTX amps, and they're all going to be mounted under the rear seat. We've got that covered and paneled. Man, it, it just – I cannot wait for everybody to see just the system. It's so killer. We've plexiglassed the top like back in the day. We've etched our logos into the top. The box is all neon lit. It's splatter painted. It's Dude, it is kick-ass. Awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, it just – some of the stuff you're talking about, it just has like the hairs on my neck. They're just like, it's that old school vibe with, you know, the modern awesome technology that all these stereo companies, like you said, MTX, um, that they're producing. And what's cool is I have an MTX amp that I've had in like a couple of vehicles and I've had this thing over 20 years and only one time back in the day I had to send it into them and it was like a $50 fee to have them service it. And that thing yeah. has just kept on keeping on. So it's great to know that car stereo still really is a big thing, right? And I, I'm anxious to see how it all kind of fits together, you know, via watching Carfix on Motor Trend, dude. So I'm excited. Yeah. 
and this thing is dude it's gonna beat like i cannot wait just for people to sit in it like you know because the thing about when we do this on the show the big thing you know that i'm talking to the producer trying to figure this out you can't really translate sound you know through through television so when it's when it's beating man and it's like really hitting those notes nobody at home is really going to hear that so of course what we're going to try to do is see if we can float a towel in the cab you know yep, or, yep. or get somebody in there with long hair and let it just go crazy and, and do all that kind of stuff so hopefully we'll be able to translate what this thing's actually doing because each amp i think was roughly 1500 watts and we plan to basically push them to the max so it, yep. it should it should be pretty killer yeah, you know what I envision when you're saying that is, you know, in the Motor Trend family, you've got the uh, bitchin' rides, right, Kindig it, and there's that one yeah. clip in the opening deal where uh, Dave Kindig, I think that they're, um, it's the exhaust or it's the motor or something, and he's got that, like, hit that wow, like, oh, my God, on his face. Like, you know, the old uh, <laughs> the old saying is, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And every time I yeah. see that, I'm like, dude, like, you can see, like, how excited he is. So, Yeah, cool. you're definitely going to see that on my face, too, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I could see the energy. Well, I tell you what, man, it's awesome. I would encourage people. We said this before when we had uh, Body Drop on. You know, he's part of Monster Garage. Uh, go out and try out Motor Trend. You know, the app and you know being able to view. I know for me on Apple TV, it's like five bucks a month, and you get access to all of that stuff. Um, you can go back. I know some of my favorite shows, as I said, of course, Car Fix, and then also uh, Garage Squad and some of the bitch and ride stuff. That really, if you would have thought 20 years ago when you first, you know, were watching 25 plus years ago when we were watching TV on Sunday mornings, if there would be a whole network dedicated to like hot rodding, dude, I would have exactly. never thought it'd be true, Jeremy. And like you just said, you know, I believe it is. It's it's like five bucks a month. I mean, everything from bitch and rise to us to everybody on Motor Trend. I mean, you can watch it at your fingertips anytime you want. It's, yep. Um, you know, like. I'm not huge on technology. You know, I'm the same way you are. I spend way too much time on my phone, but technology is really awesome. Yeah, it is in a lot of ways if you use it for the good. And what I think of is, you know, it's one less. You know, many of you go to, you know, your favorite coffee place and it's like eight bucks for, a, you know, a large latte, vente, this, that. I can't even say all that stuff. But um, it's, you know, so, so you go out there and you're supporting. And I know um, – you know, the other show that has really just blown up is, you know, like the, the roadkill, right. And, and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah. you know, to be able to have all of that at your fingertips. And again, with Apple TV, for me, many of you guys got the Roku's and all that, you know, just go out there and search. And I think oftentimes there's a seven, sometimes a 30 day free window, you know, try it out, get hooked. And then boom, you know, it, it gives you a lot more stuff to, to check out. But, um, and hey, you guys are going to come cruise with me at the end of the show, right? Oh, dude, you know how we are, man. You know, we're excited very <laughs> soon. Um, we're going to have some cruising, and I kind of hinted that could be some stuff that you might get to see on the big the big TV. So we're we're certainly excited to maybe get some minis back in the limelight, of course, on uh, on TV. Yeah, man, it makes it couldn't make me happier to put some minis on TV and and just get a shot of us cruising down the street together with the new Maverick. Your guys' rise, man, it's going to be badass. Yeah, our friend Scott with the V8 Mazda, you know, hearing some rumblings there. You know, Joel Crookshank obviously helping pull the puppet strings. Great guy. And I know uh, some some different guys. So thank you for the opportunity. I just want to kind of say, dude, we got a chance to talk about, you know, a little bit of your early beginnings and, and how some of the stuff that helped mold you on who you are, Jeremy. And obviously the TV show was cool to kind of pick your brain a little bit there on some of the 
the scheduling and production side of the house. But you know, the Maverick to me really got my ears going. But anything else you want to plug or anything else you want to share? Definitely give a shout out to your family, man. You got what the four kids and the wife, man. Yeah, man, four kids and a wife, and we all know I could not do that with without any of them and her support. Like especially my wife, she actually. You know, we've got 20 builds going here at the shop, Holy handful of guys crap. that work for us. Yeah, it's it's a lot going on here. And she basically runs this entire thing. Like, really? it allows me to still – I walk in every day, and I go to building cars. I'm not sitting there invoicing customers. I'm not on the phone with them. I'm not haggling with vendors. I'm not doing – like, she mans it all, dude. So, And the good thing about her is um, she's kind of a Mopar nut, especially since we build a lot of these old muscle cars. So she – has a 72 CUDA that is all original and that she did a lot of the work on actually. Like she did a lot of the blocking on the, on the primer for getting it straight for paint. Like, so she's, she's got Sick, it going on dude. and yeah. So I, you know, she is the backbone of this place. So if it, if it wasn't for her, you know, I wouldn't be out here playing with this truck and this Maverick. And, you know, I, I still get a little bit of like a slap on the back of the head and, like you realize as many hours as you put into this Maverick, you know, we didn't make any money. that Right. Right. So, so, but other than that, yeah, man, it's awesome. And then, you know, those like, you know, billet specialties, you know, for the wheels, man, those things turned out so kick-ass. Those, those 69s look great on there. Glazerit, Glazerit, man, they've been, I swapped to Glazerit here a few years ago for all the paint stuff. We were with another company for a long time. And I'm, I'm, if you're a, painter out there i'm telling you right now like this this stuff is unbelievable we use the 55 line polyester base coats and i've never seen anything cover like this or slick out like it does so those are two big ones apex leather they've sent all the leather that go into the uh, truck so we can Mm -hmm. get the seats covered soon so yeah and oracle lighting those guys man so everybody that hopped on board with the maverick i've been over it's been crazy with the maverick because I, I'm overwhelmed with how much support this thing has gotten. You know, we build a lot of high-end cars, and, you know, we do get magazine stuff, and, you know, maybe we'll do SEMA stuff, and you'll get some companies on board. And a lot of times you got to kind of work that, you know, you, yep. you become a sales guy. This Maverick, I've literally had people calling us to be on it. Yeah, so it's sick. it's really crazy with mini trucking, how that's all playing out. You know, I told somebody the other day, they were in here, and, I think it was the guy that said like, dude, why'd you do this? I'm like, go try to get into a mini trucking show. Like go try to get in. Like you can't even get in. Right. right. Like, like we go to all these huge hot rod shows. I've never once um, went to register and they've been like, sorry, it's full. Like it's, that never happens. Yeah. They're like money, 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 money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's full. And then the mini trucking ones, it's like, you can't even get in them, man. It's just crazy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, we got to thank the C10 guys too for helping kind of there too, you know, but I got to talk to Jason Bell, the big homie, mini Natch, you know, uh, he's a big supporter, big listener. We, we work well with those guys and, you know, we'll see what we can do over there. I've got a potential uh, one that we can transfer. So, you know, we're going to keep in contact with you. Um, uh, Glazerit, I did Google it for any of the listeners as Jeremy plugged. It's G L A S U R I T. So definitely check out, you know, that's one thing I've learned a lot from guests. You know, they turn us on to a lot of different things, products, so on and so forth. So my ears always perk up and look into it if nothing else, man. So, but yeah, tip of the cap to your, your awesome kids and your wife for holding it down there and, uh, you know, the grueling schedule that you have. But again, you help keep a lot of us motivated and it's kind of cool to put 
um, you know, a conversation together outside of the TV show that we enjoy watching so much. So I can't wait to link up here with you soon, and then we'll work back with Lonnie and Radar and make all that happen, dude. But thank you so much, Jeremy. Uh, any last word, man? Man, I uh, appreciate you letting me come on. This is a ton of fun, dude. I was super excited about it. Hopefully we can do it again. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready to hit some shows with you. Yeah, real deal, Holyfield. Thanks to, again, Tim from NC Florida for linking us up. Big ups to Crookshank for helping with what's coming up, and uh, we'll keep in contact with you, Jeremy. Cool, man. Sounds good. Thanks, dude. We out to you.